<clears throat> All right. So uh, that was Dr. Sibley. And um, what? Yeah, I'm sure. Um, Dr. Sid uh, is the reason that I'm here. Like, even though Dr. Webster was my pediatric inspiration, Dr. Sid is the reason that I am here as a chiropractor. Um, he, the influence that he's had on my life, I can't even begin to tell you. There's not even words to explain what he means to me. Um, and so, so what I'm going to do in his honor is I'm going to tell you why he's so important to me, you know, just in a nutshell. But I want you to get why he was such an amazing man, um, and, then, uh, and then you'll understand why I have such a reverence and respect uh, and love for him. So uh, I graduated from life in 89, and um, while I was at life, I was, uh, you know, really, I, I got here because of, of asthma and allergies, so I was, thought I was very, very principled. I graduated really gung-ho, and just like a lot of you, uh, had a tremendous amount of debt. At that time, I was $100,000, which is equivalent to your $200,000. Um, but I had a 17% interest rate. The HEAL loans back then were 17%. So it was accruing like, like really crazy. So I said I have to find you know work real soon. And my parents convinced me that I should open up my own practice um, right away. That I should work first because this way I would save money and start paying up my loans back, which was turned out to be like completely the opposite of what really happened. Um, so I should have just opened it right away. But anyway, um, I listened to my parents, and I found this one guy who said he was a very principled chiropractor, and he was a great guy. Um, but he, um, one thing that he taught me that I should not have listened to was, in order to pay back your student loans, you need to do therapies. Uh, so he said, you know, if you don't do therapies, you're really not going to make the money off the insurance companies like you ought to. So I was like, okay, well, you know, he was really successful. He had like cufflinks and French, you know, cuff shirts and drove a Mercedes and stuff. So I said, all right, I, I get that. So uh, my first three years in practice, I was pretty much replicating what, what he did. Um, and I had TENS units and the hydrocolator and ultrasound and all these kind of gizmos and whatever in my office. Um, and uh, fast forward, it's now July 1993, and um, my practice is okay. I'm making good money, but it's just okay. It wasn't fulfilling. It really wasn't where it wasn't wanted uh, to be. Um, Dr. Webster and I hadn't really bonded, you know, quite yet. Um, and one day I'm doing ultrasound on this one patient. Her name was Pat. And I had done ultrasound on Pat every single time I'd seen her from the first time, which was very early on in my practice uh, in 89, all the way up to, because um, I got out of this associate practice after several months of realizing that whatever he said wasn't really accurate. Um, but so I was doing ultrasound on this uh, lady, and uh, all of a sudden she starts writhing in pain on the, the chiropractic table, like writhing around like a fish out of water. And uh, so I, I took the ultrasound uh, machine off, and physics actually came to my rescue. Um, you all know about physics, right? You got to get take <laughs> physics probably get in here. So yeah, my my thought process as I'm watching her wiggle like a, a fish and like moaning in pain on the chiropractic table was, if he did this, what would make it better? Cold. So I went in my refrigerator and took out the ice packs and put it on her back. And in a few minutes, she walked out of there. She was totally fine. And she remained a patient. As a matter of fact, she was one of the last people I adjusted in 2001 before I came down here uh, when we sold the practice. 
So she's so an interesting little thing to think about. So anyway, um, but I was in utter despair because this had not been the first time something like this had happened, and I found that doing what I thought was chiropractic, which was chiropractic and therapies, was very unpredictable. I said, I cannot predict what's going to happen. Sometimes this happens, sometimes that happens. I don't understand. I don't like this unpredictability. This isn't fair. Um, and I was, I was so destroyed, I drove home, uh, and I was crying my eyes out. Uh, I'm an emotional guy. Um, and uh, I pull into the driveway, and Lisa's there, and she's like, what on earth happened? So I told her what happened. And she's like, you know, calming me down. And this is my beautiful wife. She said, we should try DE one more time. Because right, I tried a few, a few times after we graduated, and I just, I didn't, I never, I never sat in to listen. I was always just socializing, whatever. I really didn't pay attention. So I said, okay, fine. So, because all, all my friends were going to DE, and it's time to tell me we should go. I'm like, fine, fine, fine. Um, and the doctor said he has a hell of an accent. So I was really, I was like, how do I listen to this guy? I can't even hear him say half the words he says. But every saying, you just got there's something about sitting in his session for like four or five hours. There's something about sitting there and just listening to him. Just do that. So I sat about where Lonnie was sitting compared to me. So here's Dr. Sid, and that's where I was sitting. Uh, taking notes, Lisa's sitting next to me, um, and Dr. Sid says this. Uh, he said, there was a garbage dump over here on Cobb Parkway, and one day someone decided that they were going to build a mall on top of the garbage, and what they did is they, um, they flattened the garbage dump. They put some dirt on top of the garbage dump, and they built the mall of their dreams on top of the garbage. Right? He didn't excavate every, the, the owner of the property did not excavate every single bit of garbage out of that thing in order to build the castle of his dreams on top of the garbage. He just flattened it out and built what he wanted right on top of the garbage. And he turned to look at me, and I'm telling you, this is what happened. He turned to look at me, and he pointed his finger at me, and he said, boy, you can build a castle of your dreams on top of that garbage. And I was like, oh. and I still feel it now. To this day, this was 1993s, and 2016, I still feel that to this day, that look when he pointed his finger at me and said, what? Something, it was as if he touched me with some sort of Harry Potter, you know, <laughs> thing like one. Uh, and my whole life changed. It's, it's a very long story about what happened, but I'm going to fast forward just to one important tidbit. So that whole weekend was just totally crazy. Cloud and I, this and I were just talking all night long and crying and making lists and stuff. And come home Monday morning, and one of the bad practices that I had prior to this was um, my practice started at 9 o'clock, and I would get there at like 8.58. That, that was my preparation, you know, just running in the door and start adjusting right away and like just, oof. So he said, no, you have to prepare yourself, you have to meditate and breathe and all that kind of stuff. Um, so now I get to the office like at 7.30 for 9 o'clock. That's when I'm in the office in my quiet time, getting myself ready, meditating, preparing. Um, so, but that day I got in it around 8.15 or so, and at 8.30, my, a, a patient shows up. She usually comes at 9, but she had to come at 8.30 that particular day. And lo and behold, guess what profession she was? She is a physical therapist student, right? She's studying to be a physical therapy student. Have you, have you heard this before? Yeah. yeah. So, um, so I look at her and I'm like, you want any physical therapy equipment? And she looks at me like, what? I said, would you like some physical therapy equipment? And she's like, uh, okay. And I said, all right, great. Would you help me put it into your car? And she's like, all right, fine. And I unplugged the ultrasound, and we put it in her trunk. 
and unplug the TENS unit and put it in her trunk. And take the hydrocolator, dump the water out, give her all the hydrocolator things and the pads and put it in the trunk. Give her everything, all the stupid things that are in my office and put it in the trunk. And I adjusted her and then she drove away, you know, and here's the crazy thing is that I was leasing that stuff. <laughs> but I was I gladly paid for it to be out of the office. Right? I paid for it to be out of the office. I didn't care anymore. Here's the equally amazing thing, and this is what happens when you find a soul like I did with Lisa. I never discussed this with her. This was not a conversation we had before. It was not even like on the plane anytime. I never said, this is what I'm gonna do, I'm gonna give it to all to to Jennifer, which I, I didn't even think of it. This didn't even cross my mind. I, as a matter of fact, I had forgotten because I was so swept up in the DE philosophy. I had actually forgotten that I had physical therapy equipment in the office until she walked in, and I'm like, oh, perfect! Like, talk about innate being on the job, right? So, um, so she drove away, and two weeks later um, was the first spinal screening that I participated in. It was, uh, for those of you who know um, the Crestkill, New Jersey area, is the Burgerfield Sidewalk Sale. Anybody from that area? Burgerfield? No? Okay. Burgerfield Sidewalk Sale used to be the biggest thing ever. Like, there would be like 100,000 people in a day coming to this thing. We signed up 60 new patients, about 58 of them signed up, and then they all started bringing their kids. And within like two or three weeks, my practice went BAM! And from that point on, it's never been the same. And it's all because of that man. Right? That man, he took my mind and he shifted my mind and he gave me a whole different perspective. You know, and my dream, my dream, the reason that I teach every single you know, week here in this place for, since 2001 is because I hope to be that person in your life. You know, that, that if I can make that kind of difference in your life, then, then I've done you know, my job. You know, I want to be a Dr. Sid to you. Um, so, and a lot of people, just to dispel myths and stuff like that, you know, I hear all the time, oh, Dr. Sid made all these mistakes in the school, there's this, and accreditation, that, and whatever. And Here's, here's my admonishment about Dr. Sid. When you're playing in the big fields, you're going to make some mistakes. And the bigger your field, the bigger your mistakes. And all of us make mistakes. Right? There is nobody in this room or anybody that I know of who is immune to mistakes. So uh, my question to you, because sometimes I'll have people who will diss Dr. Sid, I'll say, you build what he built first. And then come talk to me and tell me if you can diss him, right? Because if it wasn't for him, you may not realize this, if it wasn't for him and him having DE in the Life University, chiropractic would have died in the 60s. You may not know that. But B.J. Palmer died in 1961. At that point, chiropractic started bleeding out. And we went from 60,000 people to 30,000 people in a real short period of time. And Dr. Sid saw that and said, we need to make a change. And that's why he created DE back in the mid-60s, and, and then they started the school in the mid-70s. And if it wasn't for what he did, there would be no chiropractic. Your chiropractic would be chiropractic physicians, and we'd be all, like, essentially osteopaths right now. So yes, he made some mistakes. I absolutely agree. I made mistakes. You made mistakes. We all make mistakes. However, this guy had a vision that is still here today. You know, we're the largest chiropractic school in the world, because of him, thank God for Dr. Reedman coming and stepping into his shoes after he left, because there was only one person on the planet who could have stepped into his shoes, and that was Dr. Reedman. There was nobody else on the whole planet who could have stepped into, you know, Dr. Sid's shoes. Um, so we, you know, we, like I said last week, are standing on the shoulders of giants. You know, these people are 
unbelievably powerful people that had outrageous visions. And here's the deal. It is now up to us to take chiropractic to the next level, right? Because they took chiropractic to from, where, from nothing to where it is now. But it's up to us to take it to the next level. And my hope is that there's somebody or some couple of somebodies in this class who will be that person or those people who will take chiropractic to the next level. Because we've been hovering around the 7 to 10% of the people since I was in school, right? When Dr. Sid and one of his assemblies, were, we were seeing, we're seeing 7 to 10% population. And now we're seeing 7 to 10% population. And that was 20-something years ago, right? And as far as I'm concerned, we shouldn't be there. And it's our fault that we are. So, but there's, there's got to be a breakthrough, right? And the breakthrough isn't going to be about your office. As much as your office is going to be important, you know, for you to succeed, but the breakthrough's got to be on a bigger scale, on, on chiropractic scale, not just on the chiropractor's scale. Do you understand what I'm saying, right? Because so many of us are focused on me succeeding and me paying back my student loans and me, 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 me. We're forgetting that there's a bigger piece. So one of you guys, hopefully, because I've been saying the same bloody thing for years, one of you guys, hopefully, is going to be that person who's going to be take that, you know, help us take this to the next level. Because Dr. Sid, he really changed the playing field, right? Before him, the playing field was here. After him, the playing field is here. Now, we, the playing field's got to be here. And who's going to be that person to help us get there? Right? Maybe it's one of you guys. And that's why I say this every quarter. Because someone's going to be it. And someone's going to maybe someday pat me on the back and say, you inspired me. And now chiropractic is past <coughs> that tipping point you know, of 18%. And look at what we did. We did this, 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 and it was inspiration that I heard here. So that's, that's my dream. <clears throat> okay.